Welcome to the UMMC Bible Study Podcast, a podcast produced with students at UMMC. My name is Tim Chen, and I'm a former graduate of the UMC Medical School. Currently, I'm a family physician practicing in Mississippi. The goal of our podcast is to help our students and their families grow closer with the Lord and stronger in their faith and walk with God. With the rigors of school, it can be difficult to spend time with the Lord as well as fellowship with other believers. We hope that this podcast uplifts you during this challenging time and encourages you in your journey with God. Well, welcome back to the UMMC Bible Study Podcast. Sorry we missed last week. We actually had a wonderful Christian conference about this matter of bearing fruit, which is actually really related to what we're bringing out in Galatians 5. But Christian, you're with me again today. How was your week? This week was all right. I was dealing with some allergies. So my uh, my outer man was decaying, but hopefully there is some inner man being renewed through that. <laughs> Bro, I think anyone who lives in Mississippi will feel your pain because when your car is yellow, you cannot escape it, bro. And Zyrtec is like this little, this little man trying to hold it back, but it can only do so much when the wave of pollen is coming at you. Well, Christian, today we are going on in Galatians chapter 5. But before we get there, do you mind summarizing a little bit of the thought that Paul had presented from Galatians 1 to 4? Sure. It's um, definitely been quite the journey through Galatians uh, we've been through so far. In chapter 1, Paul was initially addressing this problem that uh, some brothers were telling the Galatian believers that they needed to be under the Jewish law. And to fight against that thought, Paul gave his own testimony, starting in chapter 1, continuing to chapter 2, that actually what mattered was God revealing his son in him, God revealing that his son was in Paul. And this was verses trying to keep the Jewish law, still trying to please God or do something even according to God, but still separate and apart from God. In chapter 2, we had the, the, uh, the situation between Paul and Peter, where Peter was even brought back into the Jewish customs by the other believers. And Paul was very strong to confront Peter about that. And after confronting Peter about that, he pointed Peter and the other believers again to Christ. Galatians chapter 2, it is no longer I who live, but it is Christ who lives in me. Continuing in chapters 3 and 4, Paul is uh, Paul continues. He, he even brings out the story of Abraham. Abraham with the promised seed and the promised land. And then Abraham's children, one through Sarah and one through Hagar. And these are all a picture of striving to please God according to our flesh under the law or learning to live by our spirit, by grace, and a, a life of freedom. Like, uh, like this first, first verse in chapter 5 says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Christian, I swear, you have photographic memory or something. You can, you can articulate it so well. Well, with that, let's jump straight into 
Galatians chapter 5. Christian, we're actually going to be reading verses 1 through 6. Do you have that ready? Yes. This is Galatians chapter 5, verses 1 through 6. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand fast, therefore, and do not be entangled with a yoke of slavery again. Behold, I, Paul, say to you that if you become circumcised, Christ will profit you nothing. And I testify again to every man who becomes circumcised that he is a debtor to do the whole law. You have been brought to naught, separated from Christ, you who are being justified by law. You have fallen from grace. For we, by the Spirit, out of faith, eagerly await the hope of righteousness. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision avails anything nor uncircumcision, but faith avails, operating through love. Amen. Thanks for reading that, Christian. Well, we'll be going over these verses, but specifically, we'll be focusing mainly on this matter of being separated or severed from Christ. I think in your translation, Christian, it, it even says brought to naught. And there are other translations I was reading through, actually, I'd say he was a, a pastor, I guess, in that capacity, Darby, a famous Christian writer who essentially says that we had made Christ nothing. That essentially is a thought there. But before we get there, Christian, I really want to bring this point out again that the context in Galatians is the law. So while we can see that, yes, sin can make us slaves, we saw that in Romans, the world can make us slaves, we saw that also in Romans, in Galatians, the focus is that going back to the law, or going back to the old way of a religious serving of God, apart from God, is also a slavery. And this is confirmed by verse 2, right, Christian? Because he is saying, look, I'm talking about circumcision. This will be no advantage to you. This will not help you at all. Going back and doing this makes no difference in your Christian life than if you didn't do it. And verse 4. Very strong words. You are severed from Christ, brought to naught, separated. You who will be justified by the law, you have fallen away from grace. Some just say fallen from grace. Christian, let's stop here for a minute because these are very strong words. Any thoughts you have on that verse right there? First, um, we were fellowshipping this last part about falling from grace, what some people might interpret that as, that this this is this prop this should not and probably does not mean that we've lost our salvation. And actually we we can't lose our salvation. And actually, once we're saved, we're saved forever. But some people they who may not be so sure of that, they they read that here, you've fallen from grace. That might sound like we've lost our salvation. Well, if we think about it, it's kind of strange. He's saying that if you follow the law, then you're falling from grace. That's like if you're trying to do the good things, then you lost your salvation. That doesn't even make sense. But but anyway, that that kind of then does bring us to a point I think that Paul's trying to make here. Because when we're trying, you know, striving in our flesh to be justified by the law, then we're not operating through grace, right? We're not operating through grace. And we've talked about grace before. 
we have to see grace not just a free gift from God, but grace uh, according to 2 Corinthians 13, 14. It's Christ enjoyed by us. Grace is Christ, the embodiment of God, to be enjoyed by us. So that's a different way to operate other than trying to follow the law. You said it perfectly right there, Christian. And again, we want to emphasize that once we are born again believers, we believe in God, we confess his name, we accept him as a savior, as a substitute for our sin, we are saved. We take him as our savior, we are saved, and that is eternal. But our Christian living, our practical Christian living, like you said, Christian, could still be one of trying to keep the law. In fact, we know many Christians that try their best to live a good Christian life. But there is a different way that Paul is talking about here, and it is a matter of living by grace. And so I actually want to bring this out because this is in John 15. I think most of our believer friends and Christians are very familiar with John 15 because this is when the Lord said he is a vine and we are the branches. And I feel like Paul and the Lord are of the same mind when they're talking about this. So this is the Lord. He says, I am the true vine and my father is a vine dresser. So this is John 15, 1. And I'll read this verse 3 because I think the Lord even makes this clear. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. So the Lord is saying there, this is not talking about salvation. You're already clean already. But then he's talking about something else. Abide in me and I in you as a branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. So Christian, like we said here, the Lord had the same thought. You're saved, you're clean, great, hallelujah, done. But now when you live on the earth, you need to abide. And this word abide is not a past tense verse. This word abide is a present tense verse. What the Lord is saying is day by day, we need to live like a branch that is wrought in to the vine. And what we know from botany is that a branch receives all its nutrients from the vine. A branch receives everything from the vine. And we know that if you cut that branch off, there's no more nutrients. There's no more supply. Well, as a Christian, as one's abiding in Christ as a vine, his grace is what we are enjoying every single day. His grace is a sap that connects the vine and the branches. And his grace is what causes us to bear fruit. In fact, enjoying that grace is what causes us to bear fruit. But according to John 15 as well, we can live a life where we are apart or maybe not abiding in the vine, at which point we aren't enjoying the grace, at which point we're not getting the sap, at which point in the Lord's words, he says, apart from me, you can do nothing. So again, very strong words there, Christian, but I think Paul and the Lord Jesus are on the same thought here. 
you know, the, the portion from John 15, it also speaks about a branch that's cut off, uh, just like Paul is talking about here in Galatians 5, being separated from Christ. And again, that doesn't mean that we've lost our salvation. But practically, in our experience as believers, perhaps there's not, not as much supply. Or really, we're, we're not receiving the supply, probably, is what's actually going on. Or we have, we might, you know, there's, there's a lot, there's certain things, definite things that cause us to have insulation between us and the Lord, right? For sure, if we sin, that by definition, God can't tolerate that. So that sin causes separation. But according to 1 John, all we have to do is confess. Uh, 1 John 1.9, I believe, says that if, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and righteous to cleanse us of all of our sins. But things, things distract us like trying to fulfill the law and other things. And we just need to be reminded again and again, you know, thankful to Paul here, reminding us again and again, it's, uh, it's Christ. Christ is our real supply. Christ is divine and we have to abide in Christ. When, when we were baptized, when we believed into God, our initial salvation, we were joined. And really that's, that's, that's the state we're in spiritually speaking actually and we just need to stay there we just need to abide we just need to remain but uh so often by for whatever reason we just get out of that abiding in christ and you know what do we do when we notice when we realize just jump back in right lord lord i i think i'm i'm separate from you right now oh lord is you know maybe is there something between that needs to be confessed, but then, amen, just jump right back into the, into the flow, into the supply. Amen. You're exactly right, Christian. And that really is our Christian life. Oftentimes, and I guess we'll wrap it up here, our Christian life is one of abiding, but also sometimes falling away. We might stumble, we might get wrapped up in the world, we might get wrapped up in our flesh, or ourself, or sin, but the Lord is always there ready to wash us, to forgive us, to cleanse us, to restore that fellowship. Maybe sometimes in our Christian life, we've been going to church every Sunday, and you start feeling so dry. You can't really explain it. You're like, I don't know what's going on. The music is still there. The, the, the band is still playing, and Everyone is still singing and the pastor is still giving a very touching message and I'm doing this every Sunday. I might be volunteering in a life group, but still you feel like there is something that's not right. And oftentimes what that could be is some insulation between you and the Lord. But praise the Lord. We don't have to self-introspect and be like, what's going on with me? In fact, the best thing to do at that time is to go to the Lord. And ask the Lord, Lord, shine, shine on me. And oftentimes his shining will expose the hindrance. And once we confess, the Lord is ready to forgive. The fellowship is restored. And instantly we are once again living according to grace. Or even in verse six, it says living by faith, working through love. And this 
Christian is what actually the Lord is looking for. We might think that, hey, this is for us. This is what kind of the life that we need so that we can be anxiety free and be really good people. But actually, this is the kind of living the Lord is looking for. Because through this living, this is where the fruit bearing comes from. Right, Christian? I really appreciated this past Christian conference that we actually had. And I'm going to go on a side note here. The Lord is looking for fruit. We saw that in John 15. The Lord is looking for fruit. And by fruit, he's not talking about money. When the Lord comes back, you can't be like, Lord, here's $200,000. He doesn't care. What he cares about is he's looking for people. He wants people. He loves people. You think about it. The Lord, God Almighty, was perfect. Never experienced hunger. Never experienced thirst. Never been tired. Can create whatever he wants. Legions of angels praising and worshiping him. But yet he loved man so much that he became a man. You can't even imagine that if you were God wanting to be like, huh, I'd rather be feeble and frail and cold and hungry and tired and weak. Yet our God loved man so much that he became a man. And Christian, as the one that is resurrected and ascended and now living inside of us, this one wants to bear fruit in us. So Christian, the Lord needs us to have this kind of living, a living that is fully enjoying his grace day by day with no separation. Amen. May the Lord gain this more in us, uh, uh, a daily life, joined to him, enjoying him. That's very important, enjoying him. And enjoying him and then seizing the opportunities to flow him, flow him, and that would result in the bearing of fruit. Amen. Amen, Christian. Well, I appreciate again you giving your time. We are rolling on along in Galatians, probably another three more messages, and then we'll be done. And we will see what happens next. Thanks again, Christian. Jesus the glorious emancipator